real quick, before we begin this week's episode of the Protagonist Podcast, you should know the conceit is that we are building a Mount Rushmore of fear where we're uh, each identifying scary uh, figures from stories that we've encountered in our lifetimes. So if you listen to this with children, just know that there's going to be some creepiness uh, involved and there's a uh, truly horrifying dream that gets described <laughs> by our guest, Todd Peterson. Uh, things that might make you scared of water or showering get discussed. So if you are going to listen to this Curtains, with... bed, with... bed sheets, door jams. Existence. <laughs> There's, there's some religious imagery involved. Uh, there's a, a, just, just know there's a mention of clowns. So if any of those things scare you or concern you or you don't want your children to listen to this episode, uh, we understand. And we just want to give you this warning before uh, this episode starts. So thank you for listening. Uh, but if you choose not to listen to this episode, we completely understand. Please come back next week, though. Uh, dang, it's good to be a gangster. Welcome to the Protagonist Podcast. I'm Todd Mack, here with Joseph Dorowski, and our special guest with a return visit, Todd Peterson. Hello, Todd Peterson. Hey, it's great to be here. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, normally on our podcast, we look at a great character and a great story, but in the spirit of the holiday season, which is upon us, we have decided to do a special draft episode, and here to tell us about what we will be doing tonight is... Joseph Dorowski. Okay, uh, in a, a shift from some of our previous drafts, this time we are specifically going to be building our own Mount Rushmores of Fear. And the Mount Rushmore uh, discussion uh, I first became aware of from a podcast by Bill Simmons, in which he introduced the idea of like if you're trying to build the Mount Rushmore of basketball and you really are limited to only four faces that go under Mount, the Mount Rushmore of, of basketball, who are the four most important faces that could go? could go on there. So we are each going to be trying to build the scariest Mount Rushmore where we're carving four faces of fear coming from pop culture narratives and putting them onto the sides of a cliff. And so our producer, Andrew will judge who, which, which of us has built the scariest Mount Rushmore fear. And this is coming from fiction. So you can't put Edgar Allan Poe on there as like a master fear or Stephen King. We're not looking for that. We're looking for the scariest faces of, of characters or things from pop culture. Okay. I have a, I have a a point, point of clarification. Do the things that go carved onto the Mount Rushmore of fear have to be faces? I'd say they have to be a representation of something from pop culture. Okay. I'm ready to go. But it has to be a thing that can be carved. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Ish. We'll we'll get to that. Ish in my selections. <laughs> and we are limit. We're uh, limited to four. Four. We we are putting our top uh, four that have not yet been taken by another member of the podcast. So, so if this is update, in true draft if, fashion. This uh, has to be like we, we can steal from each other. Yes, okay. whoever goes first can take the best pick from everyone else. Which, I have a method of dividing who goes first. Okay. We have a cube from a game of Boggle. <laughs> and the letters T and P will be Todd Peterson. The letters uh, E and I, the vowels, will be Joseph Dorowski. And L and C will be Todd Mack. Todd Kimball Mack. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, here we go. This first roll is for who's going first. This is the letter I. Yes! <laughs> Next roll for who's going second is the letter C. Todd Mack. So that means Todd Peterson will bring up the rear. All right. Well, with the first selection of our Mount Rushmore of Fear draft, I'm taking something that represents the classic man versus nature side of fear. Uh, the the realization that though we try to impose order, Mother Nature could take us out at any moment. And the the purest representation of this to me is the fear from the deep. I am, of course, referring to Bruce, the shark from Jaws. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, uh, the knowledge that Mother Nature has created an awful lot of killers <laughs> that don't care what technology... Uh, we have that could take us out. I like that. It's got three barrels. <laughs> That's a really good. And take. Then I named it Bruce because that was the name of the uh, the animatronic shark that they built for the movie that was kind of falling apart the whole time they were was making it the really? movie. Which actually it made it more suspenseful because they couldn't use it for some of the shots they were trying to get, and so they kind of had to go Hitchcock and imply the monster through shadows and uh, and well also the fantastic score by John Williams to imply fear and foreboding. So that shark's name was Bruce. So you're picking Bruce from Jaws, not Bruce from Finding Nemo. No, but that one was named after Bruce from Jaws. <laughs> I just barely realized that that was the case. <laughs> no. Do you know they didn't have a, a full shark? They had one half on the uh, on the long side and then a front face part. That was all they had were those two portions. And so anytime you see it from the reverse side, it's just reversed film. They just flipped the the, the film itself. Oh, oh, man. That's amazing. Oh, Jaws is a... Spielberg uh, knew what he was doing. I remember being at the... Um, what is it? Universal Studios? And they take you out on the little boat, and then the Jaws shark comes and... Yeah. Has to eat you. That was pretty cool. That was kind of terrifying as a kid. Well, I think... Uh, one reason I, I chose Jaws is... Most of our planet is covered in water... <laughs> And watching that film will make you not want to travel on most of our planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it, it taps into a really deep-seated fear of mine of um, swimming in open water and just not knowing what's what's underneath. And getting a just a brush from something. Could have been seaweed. Could have been a fish. Yeah. Could have been a shark. Yeah, you it know, freaks just me the... out. <laughs> so that's my, my first pick. That's a really good pick. And you need the the face from the movie poster carved into the side of a mountain. The the shark jaws coming up. I like that. Yeah. You don't you don't want the moment where he's chumming the water and the shark <laughs> comes up and just stares at him. I, I think the movie poster version is better for a mountain side. That would look so cool. I would I would take my family to a mountain with a shark carved into it. You know, maybe we should have um, both uh, our producer Andrew and judging can can select the one that best represents fear, but also. The one that would be the best tourist attraction. (laughs) (laughs) The most people coming to it. I mean, it's big on Shark Week. (laughs) Okay, so uh, that's a fine pick. Bruce, the shark from Jaws. Joseph Dorowski, pick number one. That means I'm up now, right? That is correct. Okay, so as I was thinking about the the Mount Rushmore of fear, it's kind of tricky because on the one hand, I think in order to win this game... I probably have to find things that are terrifying to everyone in the world. Uh, it turns out that I have not seen that many scary movies in my life or read that many scary books. I'm just not into 
uh, horror in that way. Uh, and so, so I figured, what the heck, I'm just going to go with the things that have most terrified me in my life. And uh, I'm going to start with number one. This is the number one most terrifying image from any film ever and has stayed with me and haunted me since I was a little tiny kid. And I saw the movie Clue. This is... So imagine you're driving through uh, South Dakota and you come across a mountain and carved into the side of the mountain is the black gloved hand hanging up the phone (laughs) after the murder. The, the with the pushing the lead uh, the lead, lead pipe onto the phone receiver. Yes, that is number one for me. Absolutely terrified me as a kid, and I'm still <laughs> sort of slightly maybe <laughs> afraid of <laughs> the, the dark. black gloved hands uh, and black gloved hands. Yeah, it was t- the, it was terrifying. The, the great for thing me. about the great thing about Clue is we can't actually say whose hand that was. Right. <laughs> I, I've always wanted like is is each of the different actors who in theory, committed the murder in one of the three endings wearing that glove? Or is it just someone from the crew? Uh, so, that's right, a really so good question. Our choice is Bruce, uh, Bruce from Jaws and then the black-gloved hand of a murderer. <laughs> but we can't say if it was Mrs. Peacock. Or... Right, the, black, the black-gloved <laughs> you... hand of the murderer hanging up the phone <laughs> in Clue. Do you want it holding any of the weapons in particular? Go, or... I'm happy with the lead pipe. That's the the image I have in my hand when you were describing it. Yeah, it's uh, that was terrifying that's to me. The, I think that's the creepiest one uh, of the of the murder weapons of of like the shots of the black gloved hand, like when it's lifting up a, a wrench, like it's lit really well and everything, but that library is poorly lit. Well, I'll be honest with you, I, it is not a movie that I have gone back and rewatched many many times. <laughs> Uh, I, have I have steered clear of Clue since I was a kid. I love that movie. <laughs> a little bit of a forewarning, Todd. You may have to rewatch it at some point in the course of this podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, when we do, you will know that it is number one on my Mount Rushmore of fear. So. All right. Well, I, li- I like that pick. A little abstract. The black gloved hand of a murderer. But all right, Todd Peterson, what is your uh, your first selection? Well, I think in order to pay homage to Wes Craven, who passed away recently... I'm going with Freddy Krueger. Um, and, and this is attached to a story. One of the very few dreams I can remember um, vividly. Uh, and I used to tell this to my friends in high school, and they were like, man, you are so messed up. Because I had this dream that I was running down, you know, kind of standard 90s horror movie. It's uh, industrial, chains, or stuff dripping. It's very scary and 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 maze-like, and I'm running, 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 well, and Freddy Krueger... Quick question. Was there exposed rebar? Yes. All of the things. More. There was more chain-link fence than rebar, but it, <laughs> it was one of these things. It was sort of like a factory and sort of like a construction site, the way that you have this in dreams. And behind me was Freddy Krueger, and he was doing all the things. His arms were stretched out. He had the Wolverine knives, and he was just doing the whole thing. And I had this moment of like insight in the middle of the dream. I said, wow, this guy's trying to kill me. What if I killed myself first? Whoa. And so I reached into my pants and I had a gun (laughs) and I turned around and I put it to my, and I put it to my temple and Freddy Krueger stopped and he looked at me and I nodded and he shook his head. No. And I pulled the trigger, and it blew a <laughs> hole clean through my head, 
my brains gosh. went out the other side. <laughs> I remember having the feeling that the hole was uh, like cold on the edges where it had gone through. And they say you're not supposed to be able to do this, but I wasn't dead. I had just blown my own brains out. And then Freddy Krueger looked at me. He said the F word and snapped his fingers and then ran away. Snapped his fingers like, darn it. Yeah, like, darn it. Like, drat. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. Doesn't he have claws all over no, his No, just fingers? on one. Was it just, a metallic Just snap? on one. He just on the one. On oh, the, on okay. the un, what, he snapped his fingers like, ooh, nuts. And then he, he ran off. Wow. And, and that, that's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely... I why he's number one on your Mount Rushmore fear. And, and so I have to put him in there. Although I've seen the movie only once. Wow. And well, why would you see it again after No, that I don't need to. So, My dream's better. <laughs> so, so Freddy Krueger's burn-scarred, behatted face... Yes, like the hat's part of it. Yeah, right? and I would, it, I suppose, for mine, it would ha- he would have to be him snapping his fingers like Odrat, <laughs> if, if we could have that in there. Because he like was really bubble above him. He was really mad that I got him, that I outwitted him. You know, uh, as this is the first choice, you do get a little extra flourish, as Washington has on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> the, they, they gave him the tie and the collar. The sculptor's not tired it's yet. a little bit of extra time. <laughs> so, uh, I was never going to finish But it was thing. nice. That's my scariest, one of my scariest things. And it's a, it's a great way to commemorate Wes Craven, who did a lot for scaring the crap out of kids in the 90s. Wow. That's <laughs> terrifying. Okay. Well... Round two. <laughs> Second heads on our uh, Rushmore. Let's, let's get the Thomas Jeffersons in. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, mine uh, now is going to represent uh, man versus man, where, where something of man is, is terrifying. And that is going to be clowns. <laughs> so specifically, uh, there is an episode of Supernatural, and I've watched several uh, dozen episodes of Supernatural, uh, but there is one that has stuck with me. Producer Andrew, give us some spooky sound effects in the background. No, that's like my reaction sound effect, because I hate clowns, and I remembered it when I was watching Supernatural, and they get to season two, and they fight a clown. It's like the first yeah. episode. I'm like, I hate clowns. I don't want to watch Supernatural anymore. Yeah, that was the creepiest episode of Supernatural I've seen. It involves uh, a clown that, in a city where the circus has been set up, the children befriend the clown, and he's nice to them at the circus. And then he'll go wait outside the children's house at night and wave to them, and they'll go open the door, and then he'll go in and kill their parents. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he's, he's the kind of demon that can't enter a house unless he's invited in. Uh. And, and that version of the scary clown is the one that has stuck with me the most. So specifically, it is the clown that in Supernatural is referred to as a Rakshasa, uh, was the name of the kind of demon that they were using the clown for in that episode. And so that is, uh, it is season two, episode two. I double-checked it. The title is Everybody Loves a Clown. I'm not sure if, like, the clown itself or, like, the hypnotizing children to open the front door is, like, the worst part. Well, there's the shot of him standing in the yard and waving at the window. Oh, that's (laughs) And the child, like, peeking out of their bedroom window and seeing the clown waving at them and saying, oh, he was so nice to be at the circus. It is all of those things. Clowns are not okay. Yeah, so so next to Bruce the Shark, I now have a clown face <laughs> on like, my Mount Rushmore fear. Like, who was the first wrong clown 
in fiction. Like, it goes back to Paiachi or Pagliacci. I never know how to say well, it. Well, as far as I'm concerned, there's no right clown. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I mean, like, how far back do they go? Like, 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 didn't Edgar Allan Poe write Hop Frog? And that was a clown or like a court jester thing? The, the court jester, I think, would probably be the earlier version of it. Well, wow. I wonder, too, you know, there was the, um, the laughing man that they best based the Joker on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, yeah, the man, man who, laughed. who laughed. And I wonder if that's not one of those early things that everybody goes, you know, that, that kind of idea, super scary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hopfrog, the, the post story where it's the court jester that he, he takes out the whole court, but uh, burns them alive, like gets them all in a trap where they're dangling from the ceiling and burns them alive. Yeah, that's <laughs> the court jester turning on everyone. That's kind of creepy. So. Like, I don't know how far back that goes, but I feel like it's been part of clowns from the beginning. You know, maybe we should go put in a, a spoiler war- or a warning at the start of this one. Then we're talking about scary things. A, tri- a, a trigger alert. <laughs> this, we're yeah, going to talk about that, clowns. Uh, if you listen to this with your children, we're talking about some of the scariest things from popular culture that, well, for us, the scariest <laughs> things. And they might not want to know about Bruce the Shark or Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Uh, or clowns. Or clowns. My, <laughs> my middle son has a, a category, a, a rubric that he runs. Uh, uh, categories are um, scary and too scary. <laughs> <laughs> At one point in time, he had all, all of the good stories were either scary or too scary, and he prefers scary ones. <laughs> so we might be able to tell people that this is, at the very least, going to be a scary podcast, perhaps too scary. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go at the end. We'll record something for Andrew to <laughs> add it into the front. All right. I have to uh, say, so, I just have to say one thing about Supernatural, and this will tell you how ill, how ill fit I am for this draft, <laughs> which is why I'm already conceited. But um, I had a bunch of students who have told me that Supernatural is the greatest show. It's their favorite. They love to watch it. So one night, I thought. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this show a try. So I turned on, flicked on the treadmill, flicked off the lights, and turned on <laughs> Supernatural Season 1, Episode 1, which begins in a dark house with some creepy music. <laughs> and then... Oh, I know the moment that's scary. A shadow yeah. kind of sweeps by a baby's crib. And that was it for me. I just said, I am not old enough to watch this show. I was scared spitless running on my treadmill. And I said, that's it. I'm done. And I flicked it off and turned on something else. I just could not. I could not do it. See, I thought you were going to like, two minutes later into the episode. So uh, the wife, like, walks by the baby's room and the lights are kind of off and she thinks it's her, like someone says, shh, like the baby's sleeping. And so she walks by, I think it's just her husband checking on it. And then she sees her husband asleep watching TV downstairs. No, uh-uh. no, I didn't even get that far. <laughs> I just saw the shadow and the baby. And that was enough for me. I, I, I said, I cannot, I can't, I can't do this. I can't. I was so scared. So, uh, well, you, the clown episode has stayed with me since I watched that one by far the scariest of any of the supernatural episodes. Okay. Ugh. All right, so Todd Mack, you're, uh, you're Thomas Jefferson of fear. Well, I'm going to go ahead and call an audible here because I'm pretty sure that the one that I had for number two is not going to show up on anybody's list, so I'm going to hold that <laughs> in the bag. Uh, I am going to go again. Well, uh, so when I was a kid, 
we went, uh, as I stated, to Universal Studios. And it turns out, as I'm thinking about this, that that was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. (laughs) Because not only did I come face-to-face with uh, Bruce, the shark from Jaws, uh, they also had a backdraft thing that was about how a little tiny fire in your house could uh, just make your whole entire house explode if you open the front door while your house is on fire. Um, which was pretty terrifying to me, but not the most terrifying thing. The most terrifying thing was the show about Psycho and the shower scene in Psycho and Wait, how they filmed they it. They had this at Universal Studios as a tour? Yes. So you go in. <laughs> I've been on this you tour. You go in with your family and you sit down and they show you a film about the film Psycho and how they filmed the shower scene. So uh, this isn't even me watching the film. It's me watching people break down the film and sort of take away uh, you know, the magic of it and say, well, this is how it's filmed. Uh, you don't actually see the knife uh, pierce her skin ever. It's like chocolate milk that they used as the blood in the bottom of the shower. This in no way did anything to <laughs> soften the blow for me. And to this day, I have a hard time uh, having my eyes closed in the shower for too long. <laughs> Because it uh, just makes me extremely uncomfortable. And I have this fear of the shower door opening with me with my eyes closed. It's, uh, it's pretty terrifying. So I guess and somebody could, hosing could, you uh, down with, with chocolate syrup. <laughs> with chocolate syrup. So, uh, if Wait, so, so what goes on the mountainside? So is it another hand? But is, it side, is, is it a shower hand? hand? <laughs> another hand, this one holding... Uh, the knife from Psycho. So we have a knife with the lead pipe and, or a hand with the, the lead pipe and, but that one's a black gloved hand. Yes. This one is just a hand holding a knife. A hand holding a knife. Uh, if we could maybe. Probably upwards with the knife pointing out, right? Yeah. We're if we could have some, that. if we could have some of those, you know, um, lines that show movement, you know, like in the comics <laughs> and then maybe some, uh, some sound effects or something that you could play so, when so you you're seeing that. the yeah, hand. It's just the sound effect is what you need. Well, just like, kind of like with the shark, we really just need the dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Uh, do you see the hand like partway forward or is it just straight up on your mountain? I see it straight up. Okay. So when people go on the tour of your mountain, there's just going to be be this Bernard Harriman, uh, score and they'll just kind of play it in the car and it's like, Hey kids. I'm going to have a John Williams score. So Todd Peterson, do you have a score for yours? You can, you can, you can pull your score later on. Yeah. I'll probably go Trent Reznor. All right, well, uh, Todd, what's your second pick for your Mel My Mel second pick also comes with a story, also comes from my high school era. I, I went to a, a all-male Catholic Jesuit high school, and in our junior year in religion class, we were presented with a film that we were to watch that is um, representative of uh, an exorcism that was done uh, in the 50s in Maryland. Oh, and the Jesuits that were at my school knew the Jesuit who had participated in the exorcism. This is, of course, The Exorcist, William Friedkin's film uh. Uh, on the William Peter Blatty novel. And so it was set up to us, look, this is real. And we're going to watch you, have you watch this so that you'll know not to mess around with this devil stuff and not to mess around with this hair metal and all this stuff that you're listening to. And they, we started viewing it with a prayer. And we ended with a prayer. And they said, we have to have a prayer at the end of this to um, rebuke and send Satan away. 
but this is so important we want you to see it. And I swear by the end of the first class period because they like broke it into three sections oh, there were like gosh. dudes on the football team like <laughs> crying and then oh, uh, uh, I don't watch a movie like that again and it has <laughs> and then come back for more yeah and it's day. like well you gotta you gotta come back tomorrow man it's class you can't skip class but they wow. were dead serious like like this is gonna be moral instruction for you guys to quit fooling around and we were like oh we gotta watch an R-rated movie in class and I I, I that little girl is so scary. Friedkin, Ugh. it is so scary. It is upsetting. To this point, I want no part in any horror movies that are about possession, that are about any of that stuff, because I'm marked. Um, and again, because it was presented, here's a here's a fictionalized version of a thing that happened, and we know the, the guy who did it. Wow. Uh, performed the exorcism. And so, you know, uh, you hear stories about this of religious people still kind of encountering uh, this kind of demonic stuff. And, and so for like pure straight out fear, this is scary to me. So I would probably say it's one of those moments when Linda Blair is like, uh, with the head twisting probably. Okay. Uh, so like, like deep into that. Yeah. I would say probably not all the way around, but maybe like three quarters of the way so, through. The so twist. little girl's head turning around. Yes. Is... yes. So do you want it like, like, Autonomous on the mountainside, like you can actually do the full rotation. I mean, yeah. if money is a, no object, it's on a turn, to, a turn style. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it's, I mean, on a, it's on a, it's on a, it's on a, so. it's on a joint, and, and there's hydraulics, and it just moves around. That would be the scariest. So your, yours is the only one that's gone for full motion with, like with snapping well, fingers I mean, we, and heads We have turning. the technology, so <laughs> if, if we could get the funding for it, I'd do it. Were you just quoting uh, the six million dollar man? Exactly. <laughs> I feel like I quote that all the time, and no one ever laughs. Oh, man. <laughs> L- Linda Blair from The Exorcist. All right. I'm just going to say right now, it's going to take me a while to get back to, s- to, get to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I know. This is a late night. <sighs> all right. Uh, so, Teddy Roosevelt. All right. My, my first one was Man vs. Nature. Then I had Man vs. Man. And are you, are even was supernatu- it was a supernatural clown. It was the idea of clowns that is something for like just, humans dress up for as. For just one second, I thought that when Andrew said Teddy Roosevelt, that that was Joseph saying his third pick. And I thought, that's not scary. <laughs> You're scared of bull moose progressives? <laughs> so, Joseph, are you just going through Confucius's uh, five relationships? Is this one ruler to man? <laughs> no, no. This one is man versus other. I am choosing Cthulhu. Mm, I was hoping someone would would. I've heard it's pronounced Sulu now. Cthulhu. A little more, a little more S to it. Sulu. All right. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, so this is, if you're unfamiliar, from H.P. Lovecraft, who was, it must be noted, a raging racist. Uh, and that just makes anything he wrote, as far as I'm concerned, creepier. So doesn't doesn't take away from the mystique of H.P. Lovecraft to know that he was a man filled with hatred towards <laughs> his fellow man. Uh, and Cthulhu is one of one of what he called the Elder Gods in a mythology that he established in his 1920s and 30s pulp magazine writings. And Cthulhu specifically was so horrifying, if you laid eyes on him, you went insane. Wow. <laughs> like, that was it. Like, like the, his visage was enough to remove any semblance of sanity yeah, they're from all, you. They all come in later and they're just, these people are just gibbering. And I believe specifically Cthulhu is a blend of... Octopus and man and one other creature. Let me find real quick. It's got wings, doesn't it? Yes, there's wings involved. Uh, All right, hold on a second. 
I gotta turn on my wireless so I can check the recess of my <laughs> mic. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of the Hellboy monsters tend to be Cthulhu type monsters. A lot of tentacles. A lot of slime. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna pull up the H.P. Lovecraft uh, description here. Now, are you, which particular story are you pulling this from, or is this just from the Cthulhu mythos? This one is specifically the description that he had in The Call of Cthulhu. Uh, a, 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 mon- a, mon- a monster of vaguely anthropoid outline, an octopus-like head, whose face was a mass of feelers, a scaly, rubbery-looking body, prodigious claws on hind forefeet, and long, narrow wings behind. Uh, and I think later on he says, you can't give any more description than that, because even to put it down in writing would drive you insane. <laughs> Uh, so on, we, we're going to have a shark, then a clown, and then some sort of octopus face with a mouth covered with feelers. That's, uh, my, I my want Mount someone Rushmore to draw all of these mountains. They would be incredible. <laughs> See, the, I think the, the creepiest thing about Joseph's is that the Teddy Roosevelt face is kind of like tucked into the corner <laughs> Of the mountain, and so you just have the tentacles kind of coming out of the dark corner. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. shadowy bit. Well, just the mouth covered with, like, octopus tentacles. That's weird. That's creepy. Yeah. I don't like that. Don't think, like, Davy Jones in Pirates of the Caribbean no, movies. Like, no. Like, much weirder. Yeah. And, yeah, just, if, if it's bad, imagine it on that face, and that it would drive you insane. So, good luck to the artist <laughs> rendering, <laughs> rendering There Cthulhu. is a nice, really simple version of uh, Cthulhu on the Wikipedia page. That that somebody could do. Oh well, but uh, it's not truly satisfying. <laughs> yeah, that's you, been downsampled, that so no one will. goes mad. Right. Yes. <laughs> the, the resolution's bad. The, the safety's safe on. on. <laughs> it's set to stun. The, the safe search. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Todd. All right. Mac. So I'm gonna um, actually go with a face this time. Oh, yeah. Mixing it up. Hand, hand, hand face. Hand, face. <laughs> um, so when I was in graduate school, I wrote, uh, in my master's program, I wrote my master's thesis about the hero's journey in postmodernism and specifically looked at a film by Alejandro Amenabar, which is called The Others. Um, this is... <laughs> was sort of a strange pick for me to write an, a, a chapter of my master's thesis about considering how I feel about scary movies. <laughs> and then I had to watch this one over and over and over and over again to write about it. Um, there was, eh, as I was, as I was trying to decide what to, what to put on my Mount Rushmore of fear, I actually thought about another Aminabar film, which is called Tessis, which is about a girl writing her thesis about, um, snuff films which are films like homemade films of people killing other people and then uh, anyway it's like too horrible to even describe and i watched basically the whole entire movie and fast forward um (laughs) but the reason that tessies was so terrifying to me is because much of the really scary stuff in tessies uh, takes place in the in the university library this is like in the all the dark scary corners of the university library and I, um, shortly after that, went to Stanford, which has just miles and miles and miles of scary uh, library with, like, all the pipes exposed and 
it was pretty terrifying. But that's not going on my Mount Rushmore of Fear. What the, the face that's going on the Mount Rushmore of Fear for me is in the film The Others. It's the story of uh, Nicole Kidman, and she lives in this old scary house. And she has two young children, and the kids are convinced that the house is haunted. Um, and there's a there's a point in the film where the the daughter is she's playing with a puppet, and she has a veil kind of pulled over her head, and her mom comes up behind her, and the the little girl turns her face around, and her face is the face of an old woman, like she's been possessed by the face, by an old woman, and it is terrifying, uh, really truly horrifying to me. So my face on the Mount Rushmore fear next to the the leather gloved hand and the hand holding the knife is the face of an old woman on a little girl's on a on a, on child's, a child's little little body and. Can it can it be holding a doll? Because dolls yes, are also it's holding, inherently creepy. It's holding creepy. the freaky <laughs> puppet. It's holding the the scary puppet, and she's got this kind of uh, veil over her head. Anyway, absolutely terrifying, and a, and a scene that I had to watch over and over and over again <laughs> to, write, to write my thesis. It was so horrifying, and I cannot believe even to this day that I wrote about that I that I had. I don't know what was going through my mind when I said, "Yeah, I'll write about the others." That's a great idea, and then I just spent like six months of my life in horror. <laughs> I had to watch this thing over and over again. But anyway, so the little girl as the old woman in the others. A uh, couple thoughts, Todd. One, you showed me the others when you were working on your master's thesis. Yes, uh, that was my exposure to that. But then after you showed me it, I think we, we were we saw I saw a clip of it in a film class, and specifically it had a scene where Nicole Kid, like something weird is happening in another room, and Nicole Kidman opens the door to look into the room, and she wraps her fingers around the door jamb, where if the door slams shut, her fingers would be smashed, and it doesn't happen. But you get so much Ugh. tension as a viewer seeing her hand resting on that door jam, where something weird is happening in this room, and you're waiting for that door to slam shut onto her fingers. And again, it doesn't happen, but just the suspense is there from the placement, and it's just really good filmmaking to build yeah, suspense. Yeah, I mean, about so is a genius. You could have gone a, you could have gone for a hand <laughs> in a door frame instead. No, the, by far the most terrifying image is the little girl. The little girl. Actually, the other hand that I was thinking of is. Uh, there's a scene in that film where the the two kids are in their room on separate beds, and the little girl is telling her little brother that there's a ghost in the room. And the little brother it has the covers pulled over his head, and he's saying, Stop talking to me like that. That scares me. That scares me. And she says, Stop being a scaredy cat. And then somebody opens up the – or closes oh, – how does this work? Somebody goes and does something with the curtains. And so you hear the feet like patter, patter, patter. Curtains open or close. Patter, patter, patter. And then you don't know if it's the girl or if it's a ghost. And and the girl's talking, talking, talking. And then you hear this other voice. And you don't know if it's the girl making a scary voice or if there's really a voice in the room. And this is all just... I mean, the only thing that happens with the camera is it's is it's looking at this poor little boy shaking underneath the covers. Everything else is done with just, I mean, there are no special effects, and it's absolutely horrifying. And then you see this one child's hand reach over and grab the blankets, and you don't know if it's the sister's hand or if there is somebody else in the room. And then the little kid just jumps up and screams and runs out of the room, and that's the end. And I, it's absolutely horrifying. And there's nothing there, like there's nothing scary in it except for 
uh, the way that it's set up is just um, really, really fantastic or horrible, depending on <laughs> how you feel about that kind of thing. That's upsetting. <laughs> it's really scary. I think that's the the ultimate response to all of that, and, and to the point we're at in this episode. Literally, while you were describing that, Todd, I was like looking around this room, saying, "It's kind of a creepy room, I'm in." Even though it's just a well lit basement. I've been, room. I've been checking behind me over my shoulder based on your explanation of this film. Yeah, we will definitely put a, a, a warning at the front of this episode. <laughs> Don't do this anywhere dark. Yeah. Todd Peterson shares a, a, a creepy dream. Todd Matt gives a description <laughs> of a scene that will give you shivers. Don't like avoid fabrics <laughs> while you're listening to this. We're gonna have this huge, this huge disclaimer at the beginning. Please do not watch this film if you plan on going to the ocean anytime soon. Do not watch this film if you have a telephone in your house. Do not watch this film if you're about to take a shower. Do not do not listen to this podcast if you are. It's gonna be like a pharmaceutical ad. Are you anywhere near lead pipes? <laughs> if, if you're going to the circus soon, you know you're gonna get a total spike in uh, Patreon uh, things just to take this episode down. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Todd Peterson, do you have a horrifying <laughs> story behind what not, your, your not, third choice is? Uh, not so much of a story with this one. It's uh, it's a pretty. I think it's a common image. Uh, I think it says a lot about the postmodern world. Um, it's uh, the moment in the 1982 Steven Spielberg, I mean Toby Hooper uh, film Poltergeist, where the little girl is got her hands on the television. Uh, the, the television. And I yeah. just think it's it's very scary to me. That was the first movie I ever saw that was very, very scary. It had no business being a PG movie it was way too scary oh. and I and the parents you thought it was okay it was you know a bunch of kids we went to downtown Portland on the bus to see this movie it was the middle of the day we could not we couldn't speak to each other um, we couldn't function after it but that that <laughs> moment of this very common thing it's kind of like what Todd was talking about in his doorway in this regular room. Here's this television. It's this common thing. We've been told by our parents that it's that you watch television, it's going to destroy you. It's going to rot your brain. And here it is. is this window into the other side. And just the – yeah. And, and the, the color temperature of the light um, and the way that it's it's sort of coarse um, and, it, and it, it, it lights everything. It's super, super scary I think for people of a certain era because it's so it's so common – and it was so scary, and it's about separation from parents. Uh, it's it's about dying or maybe not dying. Um, and, you know, you can layer onto it all of the stuff that's like, don't build on a graveyard, come on. Um, but the, the simple thing was it would be so easy for you to explore as a child and then be taken away. Because you have a TV in your house that goes to static. Simply, and, and because this thing is calling to you. And the metaphor is really powerful to me now, but then... Just as an image alone, it was super scary to me then. It's super scary to me now, um, even though that that kind of cathode ray television is you know old school. It's I think it's still scary. I think it says a lot about scary movies in what? general. It's just kind of everything wrapped up into a package of things which are scary to me personally from me being in my era. And we don't have to talk about whether or not anybody had any business remaking the movie. 
that moment from that 82 film was super scary and it it didn't rely on guts or blood or gore it was absolute sheer terror so on the mount rushmore is it a television screen with two hands against it like stealing from todd's hand imagery well yeah it could be that i was taking a look at it online and the whole package is you it it, it, what's on the mountain i think would just be the square of the television because the girls um head hands and everything are just there Mm-hmm. And I just think that sort of square thing carved right into it would be on there. And if money is no object, we could certainly paint it so it glows. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. Yours is the... <laughs> going beyond. <laughs> so I, I saw Poltergeist when I was in college. It was an assignment for for one of my classes. I don't even remember which one because there was a number of humanities courses that required me to watch films, and we did a viewing in the library multimedia area and it was at eight at night you had to walk out through the library and then i had to walk out (laughs) through the library dark there was like four of us and we all went separate ways and i was just walking out of the library with a million screens around me because it's the multimedia area (laughs) all these computer screens like any one of those could just switch to static and also i think the most terrifying thing in poltergeist they have Really, it's it's mixing so many fears because they have a living animate clown doll yes. in one sequence, and that's just combining way too much. I, I'm going to tell you, I've never seen Poltergeist, and right now, I don't plan to. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it either, and uh, there was no way before this podcast that you could have convinced me to watch it, and there's less for less sure, of a way, now. no way. <laughs> Less of a way now. Run it's, to it's the light, baby. Run to the light. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right. Well, final round. Final round. <laughs> so we're all I totally Abraham Lincoln. Right uh, this one, yeah, I kind of categorized you know, my others: man versus nature, man versus cell, or man versus man, and uh, then man versus the other with Cthulhu. This was just about my personal fear. I really don't like the way snakes move. Things without legs should not be able to move quickly. And so I'm choosing Medusa. Particularly, Mm. I know it's cheesy when you see it now, but when I was a kid, uh, is it Jason the Argonauts, the claymation Medusa Mm -hmm. there? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, that creeped me out when I was a kid. Harryhausen. Yeah. The man. Yes, Harryhausen's Medusa, which I'm sure I could watch now and say that's kind of cheesy and, you know, really herky-jerky kind of animation. But that image of that Medusa stuck with me when I was a kid. And, again, just snakes... They shouldn't move, you know, they, they shouldn't be able to get from point A to B. They don't have legs. And a head full of snakes <laughs> is a head full of creepiness, as far as I'm concerned. I think the jerky motion may add to the effect, because people say that's one of the things they hate about spiders, is they scurry and stop. Scurry, stop. Uh, scurry, stop. Uh-huh. And so if that's what the Medusa hair was kind of doing, yeah. in a sense, was this sort of scurry and stop thing... <laughs> Then. Yeah, and I mean, I, Medusa, as a figure from mythology, I'm sure I've read many stories and seen many interpretations of it in comic books or other films or TV shows or cartoons or whatever, but I, the one I think of is from my childhood, the, the Ray Harryhausen claymation version. Um, I have to say this one thing about um, about snakes. So my wife is terrified of snakes. And, as she should be. Uh, <laughs> as she should be. Uh, she's terrified of snakes. And when we were first married, we, 
Uh, my dad got tickets to the premiere of Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events. And I was like, oh, you have to come. It'll be so fun. And she didn't want to go see the movie anyway just because, I don't know, she didn't want to go. And I kind of um, twisted her arm. And anyway, she ended up going. But she wasn't really happy about being at the movie anyway. And then <laughs> there's a scene in that film where a snake kind of jumps out at you. And it's very startling. <laughs> it startled everybody. But she was right next to me. And she, like, about jumped out of her seat and I looked over at her and she looks at me with this look that I will never ever ever forget and this one big tear just rolls down her eye and she stares at me like like you have betrayed me it was, it was the worst feeling ever why have you done this to me husband so, like what have you done to me it was really, really bad. So uh, I'm not a big fan of snakes in films anyway. Anyway, but after that, I thought, nah, I'm just going to steer clear of snakes from snakes. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Snakes. Oh, yeah, snakes. <laughs> Jack. So many options for snakes. When I said snake, we could have gone in any number of directions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good All pick. right, Todd, what is your final pick? Oh, I, there are so many fantastic picks and I hope that we can do a, a really quick lightning round and just kind of clear out our I hope so. Yeah, I, 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 I have quite the... a few, so. <laughs> okay, so then uh, for, I will hold off on, on what those that could have been and I will go for uh, this film terrified me as a kid. It was one of the only scary movies that I saw when I was a kid and it was way, way scary enough. The film is called Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> and Yuck. No, it's called Trantor. The troll Trantor, a demonic troll who transforms children into wooden dolls to feast upon their energy in Briarville, <laughs> Briarville Missouri. Um, he has been captured by the townsfolk and sealed under a giant oak tree. And then somebody uh, breaks the seal... And Trantor is loosed and turns all of the kids in the town into little wooden dolls. <laughs> it is absolutely until terrifying. they start fighting back with their squirt guns full of milk, as I recall. And that's what, but, yes. but Ernest mistakes milk for miak when he's reading the uh, yes <laughs> the description of how to stop the demon. the The L is blotted out, and he's like, "We need to get our hands on some miak," and he runs out to get some. And the kids are like, "I think this is milk." <laughs> so according according to the, the resources of my mind. According to the recesses of my mind, due to its modest gross of only fourteen million one hundred forty-three thousand two hundred eighty dollars of the U.S. Which box is a office, crime. it was the final. It was the final Ernest film to be released under the Disney label Touchstone Pictures, um, and you know it's a shame because there were so many great Ernest films from my childhood <laughs> in the nineties. But my goodness, Trantor the Troll absolutely scarred me and i to this day i'm always a little leery of going out on halloween night when i see really scary people dressed up i wonder i hope that that's just a costume <laughs> okay now i it's been a long time since i saw that back in the days when my parents were renting vhs cassettes for us on friday nights so i am going to use the recesses of my minds to dredge up an image of trantor Oh, it's fantastic. So he's got this, um, he has this great big bulbous nose. He has all kinds of uh, horns sticking out of his head and great big, uh, like, tusk-like teeth and big ears and he's all hairy. It's (laughs) so, 
uh, it, oh, as I look at it now, uh, he looks man. like a giant Muppet or something. But, oh, that is gross. Um, that, is, that is no good. I just saw the picture. Oh. I was really, really scared. And when he touches those kids and turns them into wooden dolls, that's freaky. So again, uh, I, top you just threw this out. But listeners, anyone who draws up any of these Mount Rushmore's of fear we're describing, you get to pick <laughs> the topic for any episode. We will, <laughs> we will discuss whatever you want us to discuss if anyone actually draws these for us. Also, no, I, I'm going to say right now, I will not discuss Poltergeist. <laughs> I will not discuss The Exorcist. <laughs> I will not discuss Freddy Krueger. Would you discuss Ernest Scared Stupid? <laughs> um, I, I think I probably would. I, I think that I will face that fear. I think you'd be better off with Ernest Saves Christmas. <laughs> All right, uh, Todd Peterson, what is, let's, let's close out your Mount Rushmore. I'm afraid now because I've been casting a pall over the whole thing and... I'll have to uh, go over tonight and well, and rescue Todd. It'll be like, just need to end with a prayer. Which, which an, one? an intervention. <laughs> which one of us was, was going light and fluffy? <laughs> well, I'm not going to get any lighter or fluffier with my last uh, one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick, uh, I'm going to say this right, the Exomorph from Alien. Oh. Yeah. I think it's, isn't the, it Xenomorph? Xenomorph, Xenomorph. Yeah. Um, and... And not so much any representation of it that appeared in the movie. And this will connect with a a little bit of a story. When I was in um, an undergrad, I was a film major. And one of our jobs uh, was to create a trailer. Um, And so we would go into the editing bays. It was these old AB um, roll VHS things. So you'd have a tape in one and another tape in the other. And you would just kind of set up cuts and do this. And I decided to recut Alien. Uh, in a way, uh, to do my trailer experiment. And what I ended up doing, um, because of making the trailer, was staying in the editing bay all night in this old uh, in this old <laughs> building at the University of Oregon, way up on, like, the fifth floor uh, in a converted attic where they'd put the space in there. Um, because what I started noticing is that in the production, when you start going frame by frame, that monster is everywhere in the shadows. Like, you never notice it. It's just there. And, and if you do and you go there and you freeze frame, it would be so much better now on Blu-ray. You would see with so much more depth and clarity. But I got this sense out of the production design, oh my gosh, this thing is, is here. It's everywhere. It's omnipresent. <laughs> um, even when they don't think it's there, it's there. And it's hiding in the shadows. And there are certain little, just very small highlights. And so I was thinking on my mountain of fear, it would be so great you know, in the morning, right before sunrise or in the evening, at sunset to have this thing just kind of in that, in that far right corner in the Lincoln slot. Um, uh, the sort of the representations you see from the Geiger paintings that they use for production design, these super crazy, very slick, um, and kind of scary things. It's just for the longest time, uh, that monster has been the modern monster that has scared me the most. I mean, you know, classic monsters, vampire, uh, wolf, etc., and all that stuff. Very scary, but but of, of new creations. Xenomorph. You know, that, yeah, that whole thing. I mean, it's whole life cycle. So you're, um, are you, or are you going it, with, like, the, the black head with the tongue that has another mouth in it? Yeah, sort of yeah, thing. I not think, the face I think, hugger. Yeah, not the face hugger, but, but the whole creature was designed to be the scariest thing you can imagine. But, of course, people now compare it. They say the way that wasps impregnate certain animals with their eggs 
I mean, it's got its basis in nature, which is even scarier, right? Like the snake. Like, oh, there's this monster. Or the shark. So, yeah. yeah, it's so scary what it does. Oh, but um, there's all kinds of insects that inject their live young into the still living bodies of something that they paralyze with a neurotoxin. And you go, like, what kind of world do we live in where this is possible? So I would end, I would end with that thing from Alien and um, – <laughs> Well, and I'm not, I'm not going to let sleep. this be a lesson to you kids. Let this be a lesson to you kids. When you're given a project <laughs> in college, don't choose the scary movie. It will haunt you. It will for the totally rest of mess your life. you up. <laughs> and don't do it spend the time. Day. Don't go to the libraries at night. And don't you get recommendations from enough. Uncle Todd. <laughs> you are not strong enough to handle it. You think you're you think you're grown up and that you're not going to be scared by the movie. You wait until. You're doing research in the Can't you see how broken and diminished he is now? (laughs) Don't be like me. That's right. All right. Shell of the men that we could. Okay, before we we do the finale of uh, declaring a winner, let's hear what you guys had on your your backups on your list. Okay. Uh, Should we go in the same order? All right, my dad. My other options, in case someone had taken any of mine. Uh, The smoke monster from Lost, particularly from the early seasons. When it was Ooh, a good call, yeah. when it was a little creepier, uh, then um, let's see. <laughs> You're gonna laugh, but wait for it. There's a Spider-Man villain called Swarm, who oh, is a collection of bees, which yes. bees are, uh, that that forms into a, a kind of humanoid body. So as all the bees can form a collective mind, but also not wow. only is it bees, which you know, there's not much you can do to defend yourself from an angry bee. It's gonna sting you, and this is a whole swarm of them. It's a Nazi. It's Nazi bees. As a collective. (laughs) (laughs) Nazis are scary. Bees are scary. A Nazi swarm that can form a humanoid type shaped body. That's scary. Doesn't he usually like wear a cape and has like an armband with a swastika? Yes. (laughs) Just in case you didn't know it was a Nazi. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Mannequins from that one Twilight Zone episode. (laughs) That's all you need to say. Agreed. (laughs) Uh, The smiling gentleman from the silent episode of Buffy. Oh, those guys are freaky. Yeah. Uh, that almost that, that actually almost made yeah, my it list. Mine. Uh, Peter Lorre <laughs> in anything? <laughs> Just Peter Lorre. That's what I had down. <laughs> uh, and then the others that were kind of lesser, but uh, I was considering. Um, the Jabberwocky from the poem, mostly just because it is amazing how much nonsense words can create a sense of uh, of horror, I guess, or of of a creature that's out to get you, just from complete nonsense words. Uh, so, like, it's more about the sounds and wonder of what language can do. And then my last one uh, that I had in there was uh, the Sarlacc Pit from Return of the Jedi, because that thing digests you for a thousand years. Original cut or with the clam thing? Of course, the original cut, please. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> please, we're not animals. We're not animals here. <laughs> the, the, the re-cut ver- or the, or the uh, remastered version is scary for a whole different reason. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what goes on. The, my Mount Rushmore fear is uh, Attack of the Clones, just the movie poster. <laughs> All right, what are what were your alternatives, Todd Mac? Okay, so my alternatives are uh, the the hand scratching again. The hand. I I I feel like there's some serious uh, psychological work to go on after this. Good problem with but, hands. Uh, the hand. The hand scratching the inside of the coffin from Fall of the House of Usher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the fingernails being ripped off. The, yeah. 
Yeah, the Weeping Angels or the Silence from Doctor Who. Um, I've mentioned on this podcast before my fear of shapeshifters, so Mystique could possibly go up mm-hmm. there. Or um, Charlie Francis from Fringe, who is uh, a character who is um, killed by shapeshifters, and then they take over his body, and he's like a, he's a good guy, but then he's a bad guy, and that's really scary to me. Um, I went through a phase when I was a kid uh, where I read a lot of Michael Crichton stuff, so Jurassic Park, Congo, oh, I had Velociraptors on one of my mental lists earlier. Mm. Any of those could have any of those could have gone for me, and then my final one uh, is actually the the the, the novel New Moon <laughs> from the Twilight Saga, uh, only because I I, uh, I read that while I was on a scout camping trip and I was sleeping in my own tent. <laughs> And it was it was nighttime and it was dark and I was reading about werewolves and there was uh, there were rumors that there was a bear on the loose and there were all kinds of creepy noises in the woods around me and it absolutely terrified me. Uh, so new moon goes on <laughs> new moon goes on my list of uh, also rans. I I have uh, a note on your shapeshifter one. I don't know if everyone's caught up on watching the Flash, but there is an episode where they do with a shapeshifter and he he can turn into anyone he sees or touches i think and then they isolate him and they tell him to like revert back to his original form and he says he doesn't remember what it is so and and it's a great and sad moment but like the imagery of his nondescript neutral i can't remember who i am form was a little disturbing. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. That's a really that's a really great episode. Yeah, I'm telling you, shapeshifters, man, they are freaky. You should know I'm not caught up on Flash, so when our producer Andrew started to say that, I took out my earbuds and covered my ears. <laughs> yeah. so, spoiler safe. <laughs> yes. If you know any Navajo people, this gets even freakier. Oh, yes, yes. The, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, 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 Navajo yeah. legends of Skinwalkers. Skin They're just like, look, man, yeah, don't yeah. even talk about it because it's a thing. I... I knew a guy who lived near a reservation in Arizona, and half of his stories ended just like him thinking for a second, like, them skimwalkers. <laughs> and he just shivered. See, now you, can understand, now you can understand my fear. Okay, so I know you all, you're all going to laugh about New Moon, but imagine having some familiarity with stories about skinwalkers, and you're alone, and it's nighttime, and you're in a tent all by yourself, and there's all kinds of weird noises around, and you're reading a story about werewolves and vampires. It's scary. I'm telling you. <laughs> it might not be poltergeist scary, but it's scary. It's scary. All right, uh, Todd Peterson, so your true. final uh, alternates in case. I had a bunch. Uh, Todd Mack just mentioned a couple of, couple of them. Weeping Angels, super yeah. scary. My I, kids yeah. uh, and I, we still scare each other by playing the Don't Blink game. <laughs> Um, it's our version of red light, green light. Um, and it's pretty fun. Although, you know, the silence too are also really scary. Yep. I agree. Um, and the monsters that were, um, the kind of combination of face hugger that were in the Christmas episode, um, from last year, 2014, also pretty scary. I would say Stephen Moffat does really good work kind of creating new monsters for us to consider. Um, uh, just about anything in a Guillermo del Toro movie is really oh, frightening to me. Yeah, the, I'm surprised. The tooth fairy thing was just absolutely oh. nightmarish to me. But but it's maybe so um, baroque 
in Del Toro that it's really easy for me to compartmentalize and say, uh, that's a fantasy, so I don't get so scared. Um, uh, Nosferatu, that vampire. Yes. Um, particularly because the film teacher who showed us this also showed us some really frightening video from the Warsaw Ghettos, uh, Nazi propaganda films, and he said, look, the Nosferatu generated by a German director was taking this whole cultural idea that the thing that's most diseased is a Jewish person, and he superimposed the images of Nosferatu and Jews in the Warsaw Ghetto, and they look identical, and it was super scary and very sad. Um, wow. I don't like hyenas. Hyenas upset me all the time. <laughs> Um, when they're on the Nature Channel, when they're Cheech Marin and Whoopi Goldberg, they always upset me. But I didn't think that it would sort of fit in. Um, zombies, but not close-up gory zombies. I get really scared when they're far in the distance. And um, the way that the zombies portrayed just by a change of, of carriage and, and how they, um, they walk and you can sort of tell. That's very, very scary to me when it's very slow and silent. Um, and the last thing that I, I that is the most are you familiar? Hey, I, I have one thing about zombies. Are you familiar with the app um, Zombie Run? No, but you told me that that's uh, pretty fun. It's it's pretty <laughs> cool. It's uh, definitely motivating um, to imagine that you're being chased by zombies. So the last thing I'll put in there, the scariest thing to me, but I didn't figure would even work in this context, was uh, a depiction of a corporate assassination in the Michael Clayton film with George Clooney. Um, when Tom Wilkinson is, is killed by corporate assassins, by they come in, they have gloves, they inject some stuff into his neck, and they just hold his head while he dies, was the scariest thing I've ever seen because I thought, I'll bet this happens. Oh. <laughs> and I bet somewhere around in the world where somebody has fallen to the ground with a heart attack, some, some corporate assassin has come in and done this. They were in suits. It was very clear. Uh, I mean, very clean, very precise and surgical and absolutely n- scary to me because it's people using their intellect to kill people. But again, I don't know how that would go on a mountain, but it's most uh, that the minute I saw that image, I couldn't unsee it. And it has left me upset regularly, like probably every 30 days or so ever since I saw it. <laughs> well, I think and my wife a- agrees. She says, we can't even talk about it. It was too upsetting to me. A gloved hand with wow. a syringe could go. Yeah, yeah that's what I was <laughs> going to say. Tom's, just go for Tom's a hand with a syringe. Yeah, rubber glove. The, the needle against the neck. <laughs> All right. So a recap of our three Mount Rushmore's of fear. I had uh, a shark from Jaws, a clown from Supernatural, Cthulhu, and Medusa. And Todd Mack had a black gloved hand <laughs> holding a lead pipe, a hand with a knife, and some motion lines. <laughs> Uh, an old woman's head <laughs> on a little girl's body. <laughs> and See, it sounds so silly when you say it like and that. And Trantor the Troll from Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then Todd Peterson had Freddy Krueger, a little girl's head spinning, uh, Poltergeist, uh, the the TV, uh, somehow the, the TV with the girl's head and hands, and then a xenomorph. And, you know, I'm realizing right now, we probably should have just had... One of us should have just had a little girl with her head her, her head down and hair covering her whole face. Because that's a creepy image from, yeah. from anything. Uh, all right. But uh, our producer, Andrew, uh, let's hear your selection of who has the best Mount Rushmore of fear. This is really hard. Like, really? I know which one's the most terrifying uh, to me. And it's not mine. It, it, well, it's not, it's not hard in that regard. Uh, Todd Max, <laughs> I think, can definitely get the most 
tourist uh, <laughs> attention because people are like, yeah, I can go see that. Um, and I'm just like, I'm like, so you're saying mine's the least scary. Well, I, I, so I'm just wondering, the two hands next to each other, are they both right hands or do we have a right and left? So that's like, as though one person <laughs> had a knife in one hand and a lead pipe in the think, other. I think it's got to be both left hands. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I, ah, like, I'm more frightened of Todd Peterson's. Like, I, I really don't want to see it, but clowns. <laughs> that's like... Clowns Trump. <laughs> that's the thing. And so, like, I can't allow oh the clown one to last. Like, that one's going to be blown up. <laughs> because it's too scary. But Todd Peterson's would be allowed to endure. So, I think that means Todd Peterson's the winner. <laughs> And, and by winner, it means now everybody says, "What's wrong with that guy?" Yes, and and so he's, he's broken really inside. Winning? No, it just means that you you had at, at some point people either forced you or you had the guts to watch films that I just know from the outset there is there is no way that I sleep again after watching that film. All right, well, congratulations, Todd Peterson. I think that is a fine choice. I think any of us could have won that. Uh, I don't feel congratulations. Yeah, feel- I'm. I go with because clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that almost makes it. But it's like that's just one head. I mean, it's next to a shark, which I'm okay with. Yeah, I think I know exactly what would happen. Someone would demolish it. It would be too scary. It's <laughs> like, too scary to oh, exist. Giant, giant clown face has got to go. <laughs> I did enjoy uh, that. Top Peterson became animatronic as we went on. <laughs> <laughs> Snapping Freddy Krueger, head-twisting Exorcist Girl. (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. Happy Halloween! (laughs) And uh, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in iTunes and leave us a review. It's usually not this scary. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Links to things that we've talked about in this episode are at ProtagonistPodcast.com. And Todd Mack, good luck finding all those links. <laughs> yeah, thank you all for <laughs> for uh, yeah getting those links. Um, and you can also find a list of all of our previous shows there. And you can suggest things for us to talk uh, about by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. And you can find all of us on Twitter at protagonistpod, at Todd Mack, at Jay Dorowski. Our producer, Andrew, is at Andrew underscore Dorowski. And Todd Peterson, yours is at, at Todd Peterson. That's right. And Peterson's all ease. And you can like our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast, and that will keep you updated on any announcements we have and anytime we post a new episode. And if you'd like to get a topic for us to discuss or just support us with a financial donation, you can click the support link on our homepage or go to patreon.com slash protagonist. Thanks again for listening, and next week we'll be back to discuss a great character and a great story. So long. And not a scary one. We're all done with scary at this point. I wonder if your section of Todd Town, uh, we had a big electrical storm come through about 90 minutes ago. Yeah, we did. You know, and, I, I think you were saying something different, but it sounded like you called your city Todd Town <laughs> because you two live there. You well, yeah, we, sh- we should se- call it Todd Town. Your section of Todd Town. My four-year-old calls it Peterson City, <laughs> which is, is it named awesome. after himself or? <laughs>